When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from Being Sports and Sirius XMFC. And you are listening to Barca Talk. Today on Barca Talk, FC Barcelona and Real Madrid both have one game in hand. Barca are set to play Valladolid this Tuesday, coming off a win over the weekend against Ibar and a series of draws that are keeping them firmly in the middle of the table. Welcome to Barca Talk, the Barcelona Pena for your ears. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. And joining me from Madrid is my Barca brother from another mother, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm now a 42-year-old grown man. <laughs> Feels totally different. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, uh, speaking of old men, yesterday uh, I was participating in a soccer tournament. Uh, it was called the Embassy Cup. So all That sounds the, fancy. Yeah, it was very fancy. So I was representing on the U.S. team. Obviously, I have a friend that works at the U.S. Embassy. She asked me to play. I did. And it was pretty interesting. It was 28 embassies. Brian, we got shelled. So, <laughs> <laughs> and she even brought you in as a ringer. I know, but the thing is, you know, uh, we played Argentina on the first game. Uh, Ooh, they yeah. were not that good. Uh, they were older than than us. But there's something about the Latin American blood that they just know how to play soccer better than us without even knowing your teammates. You know, by the third game that we played, so we played Argentina, Chile, and Saudi Arabia was the last team we played. And we had a better showing. I scored two goals in the, the last match against Saudi Arabia. So I had a better showing. But um, we were just kind of a ragtag team put together. But it was a lot oh, of fun. And you, and you hadn't had any practices? Nothing, nothing. nothing. Yeah. It was like, hi. Did I'm, you get hurt? So this is the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like recently I've been uh, doing this program called Freeletics. It's like this app that you do. You use your body weight. It's pretty good. So I've been doing that four times a week. And I also run often, like two or three times a week as much as I can. And, you know, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty fit. And, man, I was playing. I was fine for the most part. But this one play, I was playing a sweeper, basically. I was playing defense. And I stopped and started, Brian. And I just felt a twinge in my hamstring, Dembele style. And I was just Ooh. like, oh, no. So it's a, little, it's a little tender right now. So when I got out of the shower, I was trying to dry myself. I yelled out a yell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a top-notch event. And also, guess where we got to play this uh, event at? The Bernabeu. No, not the Bernabeu. <laughs> uh, it is the classical weekend, so it was not scheduled. But we played at the National Team Training Center. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah it, was pre- it was awesome, actually. And they had La a, Ciudad de Football. Exactly. They had, a, they had a museum there. We got to play on the outer 
fields. We weren't allowed to play, obviously, in the number one field where the team trains, but everything else was available to us. And it was it was really awesome. It was sponsored by the I think the Spain Tourism and Sport. And it was just it was all in all fun. They gave us uniforms. I mean, it was like a cool event for sure. That's really cool. Well, the main story today for us is the pregame report on Valladolid, who will be visiting the Camp Nou this Tuesday for match day 11 in La Liga. But first, I do want to bring up this tidbit about Marc-Andre Ter Stegen's comments to the press after last week's Slavia Prague match in the Champions League. After the game, he said to the press, uh, I'm I'm quoting off of an article. Uh, He said, we didn't play at the level we wanted to. At least we got the three points, which is the most important thing. We need to speak about things. There's a lot to improve. I would like to speak first with the players that have been on the pitch. And this was from an ESPN article. And they took these comments to, they sort of interpreted this into a headline that implies that Ter Stegen wants to hold a team meeting, which I'm assuming would be only among the players. And that would be the second players-only meeting this season that I've heard of. And no matter what the general feeling about Valverde may or may not be in the locker room, it might be generally positive, who knows, more player meetings without the manager to me, indicates just a further breakdown in leadership. You know, it's because it's natural for the players who are seasoned professionals with bona fide professional opinions to want to have a voice in things. But if they're meeting a lot without their manager, it really starts to beg the question in my mind, the question that's been asked before, who's really leading this team? So in our discussion last week, you know, I I brought up the thing about Messi's body language, you know, because I'm a certified body language expert, you know. You know, more and more, you know, especially with this comment and also just hearing Ter Stegen after the game, Ter Stegen is the only one that's ever accountable for me after post games. And he's the one that speaks the most. So I'm starting to sway more that he should just be the number one captain, because I think when the chips are down, he's got more of a personality to get into people's faces and to tell them what to do rather than Messi or Busquets. For example, when I was watching the highlights of the match against Slavia Praha, where they focused on Messi and his body language as well. We need someone just to snap us out of it because we are continually, we have this malaise every time we give up a game-tying goal or a game-leading goal where we feel like it's over kind of a thing. And that's what's being presented on the screen. And so, again, you have a good point. Again, another players-only meeting. I don't know if it's a players-only meeting rather than just Ter Stegen talking to the team maybe in the locker room and just having more accountability. Well, again, the article that I was citing, they they sort of, I think, in, extrapolated a little bit. They interpreted a little bit from Ter Stegen's comments that he wanted to have a players meeting uh, because that's what their headline essentially said. So I don't know if it's that's really what he's asking for or if he's just saying, like, we need to talk. We need to figure some things yeah. out. But even then, that's still kind of putting Valverde out of the conversation. And it reminds me of that of that Man City documentary. And there's this one moment where they had just had a loss and I forget which player it was, but after the game, he was in the locker room and really, and I believe he was one of the captains Mm -hmm. and he's just telling everyone like, we need to get back to fundamentals. We need to do this. We need to do that. And he's really taking this leadership role, which is again, totally understandable. These are all professionals. They know the game. They know what they're doing. They know their fundamentals and you got to fire your team up. But then Pep walks in and he takes charge of the room and he says, I hear what you're saying, but he gets the focus back on him and he gets them back on board with his vision. And that's what I just I'm just talking about leadership, a question of leadership for weeks, maybe even years. People have been speculating as to who's really leading this team. Mm. Is it Valverde? Is it Messi? Is Messi calling shots? 
I and frankly, I don't think that he's imposing his personality on <laughs> on that as much. Yeah. That's just a feeling I have. I'm speculating too. What are your feelings about who's really leading this team? No one. If anyone. Yeah, no one. You know, like you have a good point. The captain usually is a vocal leader. Not only are they a good or great player, but also they have the vocal ability to keep people accountable. And that's really important because you know, when I played sports and so forth, you need to have another voice, not just always the coach's voice, but also it has to be someone that's respected. And I think that's where Ter Stegen can really take this leadership to another level because the fact that he's the one that mostly talks to the press after these these games, you know, when they're not, you know, it's not obligatory, basically. And it brings me up to another point, Brian, that they had footage of this where all the players found a loophole exit in the stadium so that you didn't have to walk through the mix zone. Wow. You know, and this, these are the things that I, I look at and Ter Stegen was the only one that walked through. All you have to do is answer questions. Like, it's not a big deal. We want to hear what they're thinking about this particular game. And more and more, I just think Ter Stegen should be the number one captain and just be more vocal than ever because I think he has been our best player for this season so far. He's been the most consistent and also, he, I feel from the outside looking in that he is one of the most respected players on the team as well. I agree. And if you think back to when Puyol, for example, was the number one captain, Messi was free to play his game. And he, that was also when he was at his, his apex. And Puyol had seniority. Messi does have seniority now. But I do agree that when we look at the whole squad, I think the best prototypical captain that we could have is Ter Stegen. You know, like I say, you just need to be snapped out sometimes. You know, someone just needs to yell at you on the field other than the coach on the sideline. Imagine on that goal that Ter Stegen went up to PK and just like got, not got into his face like to start a fight, but just kind of was yelling at his defense to do better. You know what I'm saying? And I think that would hold more because, again, he's the one that's keeping it, especially in this match where he had three amazing saves, you know, and it's basically because of the malaise of our defense in that match. Right. I want to have a brief moment of recognition for another review that we got in the Apple podcast store. Very appreciative of it because it was an, an excellent review. It was a five stars headline. Great podcast. And this reviewer says, if you are a Barca fan and like to hear what happened with the team after every match, Barca Talk is the podcast to listen to. They don't just talk about it. They analyze the game and make it enjoyable to listen to. So thank you so much for that review. If you're an Apple Podcasts user and you want to let other people know what they're in for with this show, leave your own review. Now we'll move on to the main event, scouting Valladolid, who are coming off a 2-0 defeat of Ibar last weekend. So after this win for Valladolid against Ibar over the weekend, a match I, I did, in fact, watch uh, this Tuesday, October 29th. Real Valladolid will visit the Camp Nou to face Barcelona. And uh, just to scout Valladolid, you know, I didn't realize that not, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, Ronaldo, your your hero, Correct. Gabriel, R Ronaldo is the majority shareholder of this club. Yeah, it was last year, I believe, where he took him. I think it was uh, actually maybe maybe two years ago, but I think it coincided with, uh, you know, their promotion to La Liga at the same time. So he took over. He had been interested in trying to get some ownership on a team. And that's the way you got to do it. You know, if you want to be an owner on a team, you got to find a team in, in the B or the C level, you know, and then invest some money and then rise them up and hopefully become a good team because all the top teams already have owners and so forth. But yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, 
he's the face of Ida Lead. Not a super dynamic one. I, they, cut, <laughs> they cut to him many times during uh, Saturday's match, and he was in the, even after they'd scored, and he was pleased, but not overly so. He was very <laughs> professional of him. I appreciated that. But you're right. They were promoted to the Primera last year uh, from the second division. They finished last year in 16th with 41 points. Not bad for a newly promoted team. Uh, their scoring was, you know, they conceded many more goals than they scored. <laughs> they only scored 32 and they conceded 51 last year. But this year, they're currently in eighth place after that win over Ibar on Saturday. And they've scored a total of 10 goals and conceded only nine. So at the moment, they're they're scoring more goals than they're giving up, which is good. And they have a pretty decent record. Three wins, five draws, and two losses. Yeah, I mean, with these teams that are, you know, in between eighth and 16th place, the hardest thing for them is always going to be finding consistency to score, right? That's always going to be the key. You know, I, I watched the the highlights of this match with Ibar and just remembering of them from last year. One thing that they do well is they know what, who they are, 4-4-2, and they're direct. And, you know, even though it doesn't lead to many goals, it's still hard to defend because they're just coming straight at you. You know, against Ibar, they score very quickly and they kept coming and coming. Yeah, you're right. They very much know what they're about. They're very much a 4-4-2 team with the forwards, Sergi Guardiola and Oscar Plano, mainly looking to run in behind defensive lines. And they do have the speed to break a high defensive line. That's how they scored their first goal against Ibar. For sure. I mean, remember last season at Valladolid, remember with the whole pitch and that whole fiasco. Remember when the... when the, Oh, right, yeah. right, yeah. They had just laid the pitch exactly. and everyone was slipping and sliding. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, thank God it's at the camp. No, not only because of that, but also because of just the latest run we've been on. I think we, we need some home cooking and just kind of get that back into some good play and hopefully we have a, a good showing. But again, with these teams that are in the middle of the table, you know, they're always going to give us our, their best effort. They're not afraid of Barca. And it's really just a matter of if we take our opportunities, make them count and we just play sound defensively. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And Valladolid is no different. No, absolutely. And looking at Valladolid's away record, they've, they've played six away matches so far in La Liga this season, and they've gotten two wins and two draws and two losses out of that. So they're not um they're not weak on the road. In fact, some those the draws and the wins were actually I believe against some fairly strong teams. Let me go ahead and look that up, but I do agree that it's going to be good to have some home cooking because conversely, we have yet to lose or even draw in the Camp Nou this year in any competition. So while we have focused a lot of attention on their spotty away record, both last year or even the year before, and this year, which is starting to look up, there's one thing you can't deny. When we're at the Camp Nou, we're unstoppable so far. And, I mean, that's a good fact. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to build some momentum because that's all we're looking for as Barca fans right now. We just want some consistency of play an identifiable strategy. You know, I think that is the, the like the two things that I'm looking for. And I know we'll be able to get closer to those things at the camp now <laughs> because on the road, yeah. you know, on the road with our performances, it's just, it's so hard to pinpoint what it is, but at least at home, we're able to score goals. We get uh, a better defensive showing and it just looks more identifiable as Barca style football. You know, as we always talk about the dimensions of the camp note, it definitely lends to our our talent, you know, with all the spacing and the ability we have to to exploit that space. But again, 
in a 4-4-2, Ryan, there's always really good balance in the midfield and the defense. And if we cannot score and they counter us, that's always going to be the other cat and mouse game of the, of the game, I think. Right. Well, and we do still have this tendency to play with the fullbacks, for one thing, forward, the center backs fairly widely spaced when we're when we're in possession and with a fairly high line. And with these with these two forwards from Valladolid looking to run in behind, that could that could create an early goal for Valladolid. And then who who knows what would happen in there? At least if nothing else, we do tend to keep our our heads about us at the Camp Nou. And I think that might be the real difference is that when we're at home, uh, giving up a goal first doesn't phase the team as much as when they're on the road. For sure. And and that's the thing. It's, you know, like you said, I think also with Alba getting more playing time now, that's just going to help with our defensive mindset on that side, also leading to attack. You know, my, my, my biggest thing is always just how do we stop their counter when we have such a high line especially since we don't have speed, awesome speed as the center back pairing, you know? And so that's what, if I were the coach of via the lead, that's where I would put my money on. I would say, let's try to exploit those two. Let's do long balls and just try to get lucky on one or two. Right. And especially if they're, I mean, that's the thing. If they, they really need to go down the center. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get them to win or anything, but I'm just saying if yeah, yeah. <laughs> what they should do if, yeah, if they sure. wanted to try and g- grab a goal is to uh, you know get a get a ball over the top or a through ball through the center where we don't have as much speed in defense. Because if you try and go down the wings, then Semedo or Alba could probably catch up with you. The other thing would be to um, to put more pressure, particularly on on our right side, on Semedo's side. Uh, assuming that he's going to play. But just to uh, revisit the topic of who Valladolid has managed to defeat or draw on the road. They beat Real Betis on the road. They drew Real Madrid 1-1 on Mm -hmm. the road. They beat Espanyol on the road, and they drew Athletic on the road. Mm -hmm. So those are not... um, Yeah. Those are good performances. For sure. I mean, the only one you probably take out is Betis, but all the other teams are are pretty good, you know, especially this season. But yeah, that's... That's a that's a pretty good decent road record, especially for a mid tier table team like this. Yeah, and also speaking of the manager Sergio Gonzalez, he took over in April of 2018, uh, towards the end of the season, and he essentially got them into the promotion playoff. They had to their promotion to La Liga had to go through the playoff round. They didn't win the second division by any stretch. They were in fifth, so they got into the playoff and then they worked their way into La Liga. And what's funny about him is is how young he is as a manager. He's only managed at Espanyol, and he is the current manager of the Catalonia national team. That's his only prior experience, and he seems to he seems to know how to handle a, a squad and a club the size and, you know, with the kinds of influence and budget that Valladolid is working with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about this against Ibar. You know, the main goal of these teams is just survive year after year and just keep padding that budget. And hopefully you can get a quality free agent player uh, where other teams may have just kind of um, released him, essentially. So, you know, you try to build up your roster that way. Via the lead, I believe, is the only major team in, in that area. So they have a huge following as well. I mean, we saw... Uh, last year in the stadium, how it was sold out and so forth. With this match, you know, again, with every match now, it's just, it's really what it comes down to for me is just, are we focused? Are we going to have malaise on the defense? Does Ter Stegen have to save us? And is Messi, Griezmann, and Suarez going to actually really link up and just get better partnership? Right. 
And if we compare the two squads, at the moment we are in a better position as far as depth goes because at the moment Valladolid is working with six injured players. So they're a little bit depleted, including uh, former Barca forward Sandro Ramirez. But again, watching that match with Ibar on Saturday, they still have some very, very legitimate threats. For me, the man to watch out for is Sergio Guardiola. This guy can can run in. He's very good on the ball. He can finish. He's the forward to really keep an eye on in this match. Yeah, I mean, that's he was the he was the star of the, of the game yesterday against Ibar. So he was up and down. He had a really good goal in the first ninth minute, I think it was. And it was just, you know, he just beat the guy, pure pace, and passed the, the goalkeeper. And again, that's where our biggest problems are right now with, you know, if you, if you even want to include Busquets up there as the spine, right? So we have Busquets, Longley, and Piquet. You know, they do a lot of things great, but speed they do not have as a collective unit. So, you, right. can, you know, as you, as you said... If you were the coach of I the lead, that's where I would try to beat Barcelona because not only that, you know, especially in last game, how many shots did we give up? Even though Ter Stegen had a great night, you know, what if he has an off night and allows two or three goals that he should save? Again, it's all about numbers with shooting, right? You know, especially if your talent isn't as good as Barca, for example. But if Barca allows like another 10 shots, it's going to be a long day for sure because then it's going to be tense again and we're not going to have the possession. I look at those things, especially trending from the last matches that we have not been defensively sound. Right. And I mean, even if Ter Stegen has a good game, mm. you know, if if we let too many shots in, it's just a numbers thing. It's exactly statistically they'll get at least one goal for sure. I mean, we, we allowed 20 plus the last game, you know, right. And that that's too many. That is way too many. You know, I mean, <laughs> in a game, you're hoping to get 10 to 15. If that, I mean, that's your ideal goal. Just to even like, you know, just get some space and hit a shot, you know, and if it comes in between the, the pipes, that's great. But 22, that is, that is, that's a lot of shots, my friend. Yeah. Although <laughs> to be fair, that was against Slavia, which is, uh, I would argue per, probably a stronger side. Than Vio delete, but also we just essentially let them yeah, shoot for sure. a ton in those last 10, 15 minutes just trying to hold on, which was, you know, a strategy that I didn't agree with, you didn't yeah. agree with, but that's what happened. And you know, I'd say we got lucky, but in any case, uh looking at our squad, we're we're not nearly as depleted as Bio Delete, so that's good. We only have two injuries. Sergio Roberto and Samuel Lumtiti are both out, so we are essentially covered as far as fullbacks and center backs. Um, because even with missing those two, we still have PK Longley, Todibo for the center backs. I'm imagining Semedo will start at the right back position, and there is the possibility of Musawage being on the bench. On the other side, we can safely assume that Jordi Alba will be starting at left back, and Junior Furbo could be on the bench to cover for him. So we're we're covered as far as personnel. The only high-profile person we'll really be missing is Dembele, who will still be serving out his red card suspension. This will be the second of two games in that suspension, so he'll be able to come back um, if Valverde wants against Levante. Yeah, he would have been a nice player to feature in this match, especially as a second-half sub if he wasn't starting, just to always give us some more space and breathing room with his speed. Uh, he'll be missed for this match for sure because, again, we will see what the coach is thinking if he's going to park all eight players behind Barca. But I don't think he is because this Barca now doesn't have the same teeth in passing 
as years before where you had to really put eight people behind and worked as a collective unit. So again, like you said, I would have loved to see Dembele. I still can't get over that. He got two cards for saying something so minute, you know, as in model to Lajos and so forth. So again, that's a travesty. But again, I, I just saw right now that Sergio Roberto did train with the team today. So he may be available depending on how Valverde feels about that. But again, we're covered there. I think the the other thing I want to look at is the Trident up front. How are they performing? How are they connecting? What's going on? Is Messi coming too much in the middle? Uh, is Suarez doing the other things? And how is Lumpy looking? You know what I'm saying? So, so I th- that's the other thing because if they're on and they're motivated and they score three goals, then we should be able to get those three points very easily. Yeah, no, we should. I don't have really high expectations of Suarez to do the the additional work. I don't see him tracking back or doing any defensive work. He hasn't been doing that at all. Not a whole lot of faith there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think that Griezmann has been developing into this sort of left-sided, almost left-wing position at all? I mean, a bit, you know. It's it's funny because, you know, as a forward, you're always going to be judged by goals, and that quote-unquote equals how good your performance was in a match, right? You know, Griezmann last performance didn't score a goal. And like my friend texted me, he's like, man, Griezmann is awful. And I'm like, pump the brakes, you know, really watch him next match. Just watch him next match. Just watch when he does not have the ball, how much running that guy does. It's so impressive. I mean, especially, you know, to put myself yesterday playing and just seeing (laughs) what Griezmann does. I mean, it's crazy the work rate that he puts in. And those are a lot of things that just do not come statistically out, right? You see the back press that he does. You see him chasing from side to side. He always had that in him, but now he just has to learn now, Brian, the spacing on that side of how to utilize that corner. Because when you're a center forward, you don't have to worry about the corners. It's just not a thing that you're really worried about, especially when you're in a 4-4-2 system or a point system up the middle. So he's just still getting used to that that corner area. And the other thing, too, is that he's looking for a shot, you know, and that's the thing we're looking for. You know, in the matches where he's had good performances, it wasn't not only that he scored a goal, but it was also his assists and also his playmaking ability, which he has above right now than Suarez. And that's why I want him to play in the number nine role. He he is adapting faster than Coutinho, I think, obviously. But at the same time, you are you will never get the maximum Griezmann having him on the left wing. Right. And that's all we want is maximum Griezmann. I mean, you know, like if you equate it to like a FIFA, right? So he's playing center forward. He's going to be able to get up to a 10 playing on left wing. He's going to max out at a seven. And if you're fine with that. As Valverde has shown this season that he is fine putting him on the left wing, then that's what you're going to get until until Suarez either gets injured, red card suspension, or something where he is physically unable to play. Suarez will be the starter for the rest of the season because he has that type of authority with Valverde. Because, again, it always comes back to Valverde, Valverde has so much confidence in what he has done before that he's not analyzing the situation now and trying to preserve Suarez to be the best striker for us as a super sub, which I think ultimately is the best situation. So, you know, I really hope that Griezmann is able to adapt faster and get more goals so that people can kind of get off his back a little bit, because if he does not score more goals, then people are going to start piling on him like they did with Coutinho. Yeah. Well, this week um, I will have a report on FCB Femini. We will do a post-match breakdown of the Valladolid match and we'll scout this weekend's opponent Levante. So stay tuned for all of that this week. 
Versatalk is a production of Soundit Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Visca Barça. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.